G'day or welcome to Insight NBA on the Insight Podcast Network. I am at NBA GWiz, also known as Matty G, and this is... The Big Horse. How are we, mate? Mate, I'm really good. You're uh, all ready to go for fantasy season kickoff and your draft, yeah? Oh, absolutely, mate. And what better way to forecast to get my season underway than with the help of the guys at Fantasy Schools? Absolutely. Especially if you are on Yahoo, it is a must. Make sure you use promo code INSIGHT and get Z-Scores to help you build your team the best way possible. You can use that in your draft to give you assistance and after as well. And Mick, what's that promo code again? It is INSIGHT. So you drop the INSIGHT code into the Fantasy Z-Scores subscription and you get five US dollars, sorry, off all or off your subscription, sorry, thanks to the guys at Fantasy Scores. You absolutely do. And every single time, just so you know, this is a very little known fact within the Insight community, that every single time you subscribe, a horse does this somewhere in the world. We do this after this. Keep it locked right here inside NBA Senators coming up at you. With the Spurs foul. Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, Bosch. Back out to Allen. History title. Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Well, McDell, there's no surprises. There's one center that reigns supreme. <laughs> there is, isn't there? First yeah, and there's... foremost, yeah. Yeah, there's look. Let's let's not let's not. We're not we're not here to fuck spiders, as they say here in Australia. It's nope. Nikola Jokic, number number one with the bullet. There's no disputing that he is unequivocally the number one center in the NBA. Hundred percent. When you can get points, rebounds, assists, a nice field goal percentage, shoots a three, free throws aren't the worst. It's a lock for your number one pick. And look, he's one of the guys where you take him and you don't have to look at punting something straight away because he's so good across the board. Yeah, look, the only deficiencies he will bring you as a center is his block shots aren't elite. So obviously mm-hmm. we have this whole thing with centers being rim protectors. He gets them, like he chips them in, but he's not an elite two or three block yeah. kind of guy. So obviously that dints him a little bit, but apart from him, there's only other been one. And this is, I think, where the, the conversation needs to be had. There has been stretches. There have been other guys that have challenged the top tier but he sits alone. He's been the number one player in fantasy for the past like three years, I'm pretty sure, three or four years. Mm-hmm. So you can't move Jokic. But last year's MVP, Joel Embiid. So we're talking about through the tiers, Mick. Do you want to explain how we're going to do it as well before we go too deep? Yeah, we can. So what uh, Maddie and I are going to do today is separate the centers who are draftable in leagues into tiers one through to seven or eight. So one being the best and eight being back end of draft slash streamable guys that you can bring in at a later date. I put this list together. And so what we did, so I put my list together. So I had tier and then in that tier positions within the tier. And then I send it to Mick and Mick was like, good, bad, or full of shit. And I don't know what his answers are on that yet. So we're about to find out today. So obviously in tier one, and we're talking around, this doesn't equate to the round you draft them in. 
just to be clear. I mean, you can get them around that, but this is the tiers list. So look at the yeah. look at the rounds you're drafting in in your draft where they are and see who goes off the board on this tier list. So of course, number one is Jokic, but he's one of one. So he's a round one guy for a start. Mm -hmm. So he's a round one and he's the pick number one. Jeez. Also in round one, not far off him though, is Joel Embiid, last year's MVP. Yeah, spot on. If we're talking about performance-wise, notwithstanding the injuries that he has had in the past, he, he's a beast. Like, he gets a lot of points, rebounds, block shots. He gets his steals. Field goal percentage isn't too bad as well. He's, yeah. for me, he's a top three pick. Yeah, look, he's... And I know there's concerns with Nick Nurse being in the system this year yeah. and how they're going to play him and the minutes. And I know there's a little bit of this like, oh, we don't know. But we've also been saying this for Joel Embiid. I think it's historically just ingrained in us that he is an unhealthy guy, that he is an unhealthy player. Oh, we don't want to draft him. But he's continually proven himself the last couple of years to be an absolute beast. He gets you great points as well. His free throw yeah. percentage for a center is elite. Like mm -hmm. he is an absolutely fantastic free throw shooter. And he does it on great, like he gets a lot of looks at the line. So he, he bumps up your uh, free throw percentage as well because of the amount of volume he gets. Uh, Mick, I put in my first tier, I, it would be very easy for me to just cut the list at the top two for the first tier. Mm -hmm. I put Anthony Davis in the top tiers of centers in the NBA because yeah. a healthy Anthony Davis, we saw it last year. He's a, round, he's a flirtatious round one pick. He mm -hmm. is an absolute beast. His free throw percentage compared to the other two dings you slightly. The Darvin Ham thing with him saying the other day he wants to see Davis shoot six threes a game. Six threes a I, game. Yeah, I sh I did this beforehand. We can say now that the Bucks and the uh, Lakers were on, um, are on right now, and I can tell you in the beginning of that game, I saw Anthony pop out a couple. And yeah, he took two threes to start the game off in his twenty minutes played. He hit one of two, but you don't want to see him shooting six a game, do you, mate? Nope, nope. If he's doing that, he's out of the top tier for me. Why? Is because just, he's getting a lot yeah, of rebounds. You know, yeah. that's that's where he bumps up his value. His block shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's going to be blocking shots on the defensive end, but offensively, yeah, if he's if he's playing as a stretch big, that's yeah, it's a detriment to his value in fantasy basketball. I am I am putting him there. He was like sitting on the fence for me, just there, like just twiddling twiddling away on a piece of wheat, sitting on mm -hmm. the fence, and I just and I just pushed him into the top tier because if his stretch last year in that 22-23 season was yeah. one of the best stretches I have seen of a player in a long time. It was just he was eating guys like Embiid and Giannis alive. He was mm -hmm. just going to work. So if he does even that for a period of time, like double the length of time, this he's automatically going to be in that top tier. But again, that brings us to our second tier with the guy who pretty much almost returned first round value last year. Starting our second tier, Mick, who is that for me? Demetrius Sabonis. I love this guy. Uh, so as you and I are aware, we had a 20-team draft yesterday. And I picked yep. him up with my eight pick. Why? Because triple doubles are a category in that league. And yep. I see tremendous value with him there. I I see in that league, it's not, it's not terribly obscene to take him because you know mm -hmm. that he's going to get you. In fact, he's had 65, um, I think 60, no, it wasn't 60, I think it's 65 or 68 double doubles uh, in the past, like 80 something games, like mm -hmm. the man puts up a double, double almost every single time that he's on there. He gives you elite playmaking from the center position. So he's a sister there and he is a triple double threat almost every single night of the week. Uh, yep. Look, he makes me nervous this year only because that we've seen the Sacramento play style around. Does that, does that make you curious about him this year at all, Mick? 
Nah, not not just yet. No, I'll, I'll wait yet. to see until the the fire the season starts. Sorry, but for now, we saw he played twenty minutes the other night. He had ten points, fifteen boards, five assists. Like it's it's still there for him. Yeah, look, the, the, he is an elite international player. There is, there's no doubt about it. Last year, I managed to pick him up late in a draft. Uh, I think in the the twenty somethings. Uh, it was early third round. round. I him up yep. early third round. Yes, yeah, so I picked him up early third round last year, and I was like, oh, look, I don't know, but I like the playmaking. I need some more assists. I bought him in. I love him. So he sits there in the second tier for me. I do, I do question his efficiency at time and his ability to stay on the floor. He did foul out a lot last year. That caused mm-hmm. concerns. The longer he can stay on the floor, the better he's only going to be for your fantasy value. So right. I have him alone there, but I have very closely behind that my third tier of centers. My two in here, I've put KP, I've put the Zingerberger, Kristaps Porzingis above Miles Turner because of the just the pure, I think, the, I just think he looks great in Boston this year. I love the fit. I've got in my tier three, KP and MT. What are your thoughts, mate? Yep, the same. I think they fit perfectly there. Pretty similar type players, aren't they? Stretch bigs, yeah. get blocks on the defensive end. Uh, I think both of them will be hurt with offensive rebounds, but defensively they'll still get their rebounds. Tier three sounds about right for those two. And I think you say the word hurt, which is the optimal word here for both of these guys. They're often both hurt as well. So mm. this is probably what dings me a little bit in making it more a bit of a more of it. Like, hey, look, Sabonis is great. He, he offers a lot more across the board. So therefore he gets that tier to himself and he can just sit there. Or him and Anthony Davis can share tier two if you want to just bump AD back down. But I love what KP can do uh, in Boston this year. Miles Turner is an incredible basketball player at the international level. Um, I've seen him stretch the floor there. He can do it in the paces all day long. And he showed flashes last year of being an unstoppable beast. 100%. Yeah. Mate, tier three, uh, tier four for you. This is a big one. This is where the, the tier opens up depending on what you're looking for. So I've got this, and I, I've probably gone way too on the, uh, this is the, do you want to give me a toot toot, Mick? Because I'm on the early hype, uh, I'm on the early yeah. hype train for Chet Holgren. Yeah, absolutely. He looks really you know, nice, doesn't he? He looks really nice. I've loved him for a while. And if I'm looking at my center tier, I've grouped him in the following. <laughs> my fourth tier, I've got Chet, Bam, Nick Claxton, Walker Kessler, DeAndre Ayton, and Nikola Vucevic. Now, I'm not sure about the order I've got them in there. I've got a couple of guys to head up there who can stretch the floor, playmaking, give me other things. I've got your mm-hmm. traditional center roles in Claxton and Kessler who really just bump and boy, your, your field goal percentage a lot, but they do harm you by way of their free throw percentage. Before mm-hmm. we pivot back to more rounded centers in Aiton and Vucevic, who will get you points, uh, rebounds, uh, middling field goal percentage and not bad free throw percentage, but they don't get you a lot of blocks or steals, those guys. Yeah, that's right. I think Aiton's in for a big year, dominating, as he calls himself. Dominating, I think he'll, yeah. I think he'll um, push himself up into our Tier 3 category. Not right now, but I think by season's end he will. Um, yep. I'm a bit questioning the Nick Claxton fit in Brooklyn with a healthy Ben Simmons. So Brooklyn are going to find it very hard if Ben Simmons is playing the point guard or the distributor role and having Clacko in the pick and roll as the centre, having two blokes that can't shoot in the PNR. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big question for me. Yeah, it is. Look, I, I like what Claxton showed last year. His numbers just leap off the board. Uh, I'm finding him going in. I'm finding him go because of that like trepidation and the association with Ben Simmons slipping in drafts. So mm. I think he has 
I think he's moved into contention for me to be like, have we bumped him too, or have we dinged him too much? And can you actually get some guy who we were looking forward to earlier in the season? It's kind of like this weird scale, Mick. I'm just finding the more Ben Simmons stock rises, the, mm-hmm. the lower Claxton stock rise like goes. Yeah. But I actually still want to hold my Claxton stock and see what comes of that because I just love what he can probably offer me there this year. I mean, he has absolutely yeah. elite field goal percentage. He gets me protection at the rim. He pulls mm-hmm. down my rebounds and he mm-hmm. does his job incredibly well. And he gets me a steal or two every now and then as well. Yep, yep. Without Ben Simmons, those numbers are awesome. Again, it's just the, the Ben Simmons factor. Yeah. Do you think Vucevic, I'll put him at the end of this tier. Do people, do you think people are just sleeping on him these days because we've seen yes. it? He's like been the pony for a long time. Yes. Yep, people are sleeping on Vuce. I'm, I quite like him. Like he gets points, he gets plenty of rebounds, he can stretch the floor, gets the occasional block. Field goal percentage is pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I'd push him up towards the top end of the tier four that we have here. But again, he's getting on a little bit. You just don't know what Chicago are going to do this year. We saw with Lonzo, they were an elite team with someone being able to set the floor up for them, being able to run plays. But without Lonzo there, it's it's a little bit of a shit show between Levine and DeRozan running the show on the offensive end and pretty much just getting his shots where he can. So. And they've been starting Kobe White at times in the preseason and they've brought in Javon Carter to start. So I'm kind of trying to make yeah. heads and tails of, of what their ultimate starting lineup is going to be. Uh, they're actually up against the Nuggets right now. And I looked this morning, mm. Kobe had started again today. Okay. Um, so I was a bit curious over that one, but they also didn't start their team. So the Bulls run out today, Kobe White, Dasunmu, uh, Aiton, uh, sorry, Drummond, Williams and Craig. So obviously they weren't exactly keen to put on their they're big, they're big lads on the uh, on the table, no. just to give the young That's guys right. some runs. So I'm curious to see how that plays out there. But again, yeah. I expected Vucevic. I think his peak season when he was hitting those threes in Orlando before he was traded, he's really dinged your efficiency in three pointers wise. Like I think we wanted to see him as that stretch big. It just he hasn't shown it again uh, for me. So that's why I've kind of put him at the end of that because if he was hitting those more, yeah. I'd bring him in at T five. Now, this is going to be a divisive one for some. Mm. And my tier five is this. And I think this is where people, we can have a bit of a debate about it. I've got in my five and, I, and I'm not comfortable with it. I'm, 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 okay. I'm, 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 sit, I'm, I'm not comfortable with it yet. I think my five and six tier I needed to do some work on, to be fair. I kind of have these guys almost together in a five, almost like in four. I've got Shengun, Jarrett Allen, and the omelette, and Yeka Okongwu in my five. Now, arguments for these, Alperin Shengun, all over the place. You can mm-hmm. get stats from him for everything. Mm-hmm. Fair, not fair. Fair. But he, he seems to be the scapegoat defensively for Houston at the moment, doesn't he? He does. He does. Mm. Do you think he's shown flashes of defense in the preseason? I know it's the preseason, but do you think he's taken that feedback on board and he can escalate his game as maybe not an elite rim protector, but at least a rim presence. No. No, I think Jamari Smith Jr. takes a big leap forward this year and almost pushes him out of that spot. We know what Emi Yudoka is like with the the defensive schemes that he's got and Jamari on both ends of the floor. If he can add a little bit of shot blocking to his arsenal, then he'll be the clear-cut number one there to run the offense there at centre. And I think, and I think this is where we have to wonder what happens with Shangun. Then is he the backup center? What what becomes mm. of him in Houston? Because a small ball lineup with Jabari can work in Houston if they roll that out there. 
We haven't seen it yet. They've been happily citing Shengun in the preseason. That's why he's held this position for me. Look, I think they're going to back him. I, I think I think at a point they're going to try and see what happens, and we'll see a good. I think any measure of success in Houston, which is better than the last couple yeah. of years under Silas, is just going to be oh look, we're we're coming together. We got some guys. But this is where a guy like Jared Allen in the Cleveland system this year. These are like this is where if Mobley takes a step up, how much which is that I'm projecting. Happen? Yep. Heaps. You are projecting. Yep. Yeah. I, I think Jared Allen's uh, trade material this year. Ooh. I, I think Mobley takes that next step. For me, yep. he's my pick for defensive player of the year this year. I, yep. I think they try and get value back on Jared Allen. They're probably really only one piece away from being an elite team in the Eastern Conference. I think they're just they're one player short at the moment. See, I think that's their wing. I think, I mean, Mobley being an ability to stretch the floor would really help them. He hasn't got that shot, hasn't dropped yet. It's only, like, he's only a mm. young guy still. Like, it's going to come in time as he as he gets older and, and he develops that shooting game. Mm-hmm. I think in wing, I think an elite wing, if they could get that return back, like a very good defensive wing. Like, oh, could you imagine, like, a Siakam? Could you imagine a Siakam backcourt? A Siakam, uh, a, sorry, front court with uh, Siakam and Mobley? That'd be fun. Would be great. Swapping Jared Allen for, say, an Andrew Wiggins, maybe, or something like that? Uh, I don't know. Wiggins probably could do it. Look, I'm probably not the biggest Wiggins advocate in the world. But, I, I mean, like, fair enough to him. Like, I just mm. – obviously, last season, he cooked a lot of punters, and I hope we hope he's all better for that one. But yeah. as the senator, Jared Allen, until that point in time, has seemed to have a really good connection, like him and Evan Mobley and the whole team. He just seems like one of these guys that's ingratiated himself with his teammates – they love Jared Allen. They talk him up. They they hype each other up. And on the back of that, I know that's all personal stuff, but what does that mean for basketball? Well, it means that they play together on the floor incredibly chemistry. well. And they it's yeah. the chemistry and it clicks in Cleveland. And the chemistry, he is his points, not that great, but his rebounds and blocks, they are still excellent. Now, they went back a little bit last season, but they still gave you really good value there. So mm-hmm. you might want to look at some – you might want to look around for the value at that point in your draft and see who's on the board. And if you need those things, you can lock down a Jared Allen because my next one, a Kongwu, mm-hmm. we just don't know because of Clint Capella. And I'll, but I'll put him above Clint Capella here. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – if Clint Capella gets moved or the omelette, as you call him, takes that center position, I see him pushing up into the tier four here. I'm pretty big on the omelette this year. And we've seen his yeah, ability in the preseason as well that he's stretching the floor. He's shooting 50% from three. Yeah, look, he's he's a great fit in Atlanta with what they want to do, but they just need to clear out that. They need to give him a, a space and a place to play the way that mm-hmm. can best unlock his potential. And then he really just solidifies this value in as in that fifth tier of centers and then goes up. Because when we think about this, it's like you want to look at that tier and then go to the guys who go now. And then in my sixth tier, also guys who I love, like, I love Daniel Gafford and Wendell Carter Jr. I put them in Same. here with Yucca Pertle, but an old head who I could probably have put up in tier five because I still think he has a role in Milwaukee. And we can't, uh, yeah, it was an outlier career year, but I love my, I love my Lopez. Mm. I love Brooke. He's, he's brilliant. And people continue to sleep on Brooke. Like, what does he give you? He gives you excellent three points or three pointers for, or from the center position. He gives you rebounds occasionally. He shoots the free throw fairly well. He could do that better. He could do that better, couldn't he? His rebounding he, could. If his rebounding improves, yep. 
Absolutely. But just having a seven-footer that can stretch the floor the way he does, it it opens up Milwaukee's system so well. And alongside uh, Dame Lillard, who's an excellent passer in the pick and roll as well, Giannis, Middleton, it's it's set up there for him to have another excellent year. And shot blocking. He's over two shot blocks a game. Yeah, he's he's an absolute stud, like shot blocking wise. Like he is, he mm. just he gets his big body in there, and he knows how to use it in that in that protective in that protective room space. And he will yeah. absolutely get you blocks a game. Like he he is capable of putting up multiple blocks in a game. I'm like talking four, five, or six. We saw it last year when he's on one. He stands at the rim and he gets this. He's also one of these centers who plays the block really well. He'll tap it like he won't try and go for the highlight block. He'll try and stop the shot. And if the mm-hmm. guy gets the offensive rebound on him to try for a quick putback, he can just go block, block. He's very good at the responsive block, the second and third attempts to stop a shot. Yeah. That's what really like just cleans him up the board sometimes. You watch it. When people go down low, they think they can challenge him. They can't because he'll block the shot again in a different way or he'll go under the rim and move his body to it. He's, he's, very, he's very wise on that one. To a guy that we used to look at that in the seventh round, I've got Rudy. I've got Rudy Gobert in the seventh round with Robert mm-hmm. Williams. How are we there? With both of them, they've both dropped dramatically from last year, haven't they? So Rudy was a what second round pick last year, and he's dropped all the way down to tier seven in our tiers. And same with Time Lord. Like he was excellent with rebounds, with field goal percentage, with block shots. But now, like his knees, he only got what twenty something games in last year. It'll be interesting to see how Time Lord fits in beside Aiton at Portland mm. and whether he stays there or whether he just plays the backup role. Rudy, he's lost that lateral quickness. His his block shots are going to come at the rim. When they switch him onto the perimeter to defend, he looks lost. Cooked. He's cooked. He's been cooked for the longest of times when he gets mm-hmm. switched out to the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just been a long time coming for him. Look, we, we've dinged him and over and over again. And again, he's much like, you know, the scapegoat, as we said earlier on, for a team and the organizational success. Yeah, Rudy Gobert has pretty much been the exact same. Like, has he not just been the guy who's faulted always is? It's like Shingun has been like the guy, oh, yeah, he's a scapegoat for defense. We, he can't defend. With he's a guy who used to defend, but he can't defend the perimeter because he's such mm-hmm. a big body and he's like a rim stopper and Gobert. Yeah, I see Robert Williams as a potential trade piece. Yes, in Portland. Now, yes. if he gets traded and goes back to a starting role and is healthy, because there's been a couple of rumors and whispers that they're holding him there as the backup center for now to get him right to make sure that he is playable and a piece. And if they can get a couple more first round picks back or a first round and a second round pick for him, the haul that Portland has managed to make out of this Damian Lillard trade mm, is absolutely. Unbelievable. They've like an absolute mark. And that's because they held their ground on it. And yeah. one of the pieces that they got for holding their ground was they were looking for a deal like this. Oh, wait, you'll give us, oh, you'll give us Robert Williams now? Oh, that's, we think that's better asset than whatever junk is going to be thrown at us from Miami. You know, they, they looked at everything out there and they got back what they wanted and they want more. And Robert Williams is one of those pieces, especially if you need a, a guy who's going to eat up the rebounds and the block shots as a rim protector. Mate, wouldn't you want to bring him along into your team? Yeah, it's delicious, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Now, mate, I'll let you do the eighth tier because I know there's a couple of guys in here that you're really big fans of. Yep. Uh, Jalen Duran, if he stays healthy, definitely higher than the eighth tier, but his ankles are giving him a bit of trouble at the moment. Last year, he sat the last portion of the season with ankle injuries. He hurt it three times in a row. First game of the preseason this year, hurt the same ankle. 
So I'm not quite sold on Duran and his durability at the moment. Mitchell Robinson, nice for steals and blocks from the centre position. Field goal percentage is pretty nice as well and rebounds. Zach Collins is an interesting one. So Zach Collins, um, not many may know, but he can stretch the floor quite well. And beside Wembenyana, we've seen in the preseason that Wemby's playing the majority of his offense on the perimeter. Someone's got to get the rebounds for San Antonio. So for me, that's Collins. He looks as though he's a lock for the starting position there. And then Clint Capella is your uh, last center in tier eight. Capella's a nice center and was an elite center back in the day working alongside Chris Paul and James Harden. But age, catching up with it a little bit, durability is another issue. And do we see Capella on the move sooner rather than later? And that's why I've dinged him, right? This is why I've like I brought up Okongwu because there's such a like a ceiling there. But I know what I know what Capella's ceiling is. I know what he's done. I know what he can do. He's still doing it in the preseason. Like he's still showing all the Clint Capella things. The guy has not yeah. changed. Like he's just Clint. It's our mate Clint. He's going to get some rebounds and some blocks. Ah, uh, you know what? We'll clap him at the free throw line and pat him on the bum afterwards and be like, it's all right, mate. Get the next one. But then you see a Kongwu and there's this shiny phoenix ready to burst out and be like, just mm-hmm. take it over at the center spot. Um, yep. Would you, again, if you had a choice of center in the trade in the GM trade game, who would you take? Clint Capella, who's been more stable health-wise in the past recent years, although aging, or Robert mm-hmm. Williams? Oh, you're giving me those two. Mm. I'll probably take Capella. There you go. It's just the known commodity because we want we want our players to play games on the floor, especially mm-hmm. in fantasy. So, I mean, I've got Robert Williams there because, look, just what he can bring you. The upside of that bloke is just ridiculous. And he is he is dropping outside the top 100. Mick, we've done a lot of mocks now. He's gone mm-hmm. from 90, I think, in the 120s randomly in the yeah. analyst draft the other day. Like, people are just, because of the backup role and the, like, we don't know what's going on. 100%. Yeah. Our good friend sits alone in tier nine, Yusuf Nurkic. I times think, are tough. yeah, times are tough in Phoenix, but I actually don't anticipate that he's going to take that great of a hit. I I don't, if he can keep his body right, I think he's a lock for a double-double each night. I think he is too. If, you, if you're in a cat, look, Mick, let's say this though. All of the, most of these guys here in this list, let's go through them. I'll ask you, are they a double-double threat? Because there are a lot of leagues that do put double-doubles in as mm-hmm. a category. Mm-hmm. Let's go through them. Jokic. Yes. Embiid. Yep. Davis. Yep. Sabonis. Yep. KP. No. I think he's a no. Turner. No. Holgren. Yes. Adebayo? Yes. Claxton? Yes. Kessler? Yes. Aiton? Yes, definitely. Vooch? Yes. Shengun? Yes. Allen? Yes. I love this game. Akongwu? Mm. If he's starting. And that's in the first five tiers. You can see all these double-double threats. So if you start Mm. getting a guy like that in those first five tiers who are getting those double-double threats, and then you look at the back end of centers, there are still those guys who are going to put up some of those stats 
in there. Nurkic could end up scoring more points than some of those guys. So you look at your Capellas, mm. your Collins, your Nurks, your, your Durans, your guys who are double-double threats, who are still going to give you the rebounds you want and a similar amount of points you want. You need to know what their deficiencies are and what their efficiencies yeah. are by way of field goal percentage and free throw percentage. And that's where you can gleam some value, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. I like what, what you've got here at the bottom with the back-end boys. So I'll let you back go through boys. those lads because there's there's a lot of value here. Yeah, look, I've got the back-end lads because there's some names of starting NBA centers we just haven't spoken about, mate. And mm -hmm. it's Kevin, look, Kevon, 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 Kevin, Kevin, Kevo, Kevo. We've got Kevo. we got our, our, our tall black, Mr. Stephen Adams. I'll refer to him by his first name. Good, sir. Um, we've got... Jonas Valanciunas, um, Zubach, and I have a guy with double asterisks, and mm -hmm. he is my absolute lock to get this season. If I hear that Nurk is injured again, I am rushing to the waiver wire and I am grabbing Drew Eubanks. Because yeah, I'm with you. Yep. I think Eubanks is just, my God. Drew, could you imagine going to a place and signing a contract for a brand new fresh start to be the backup to Aiton, put in the hard work, get promised to uh, become getting out of someone's shadow and who does your bloody team trade for? Mm. Yeah. But is Nurk going to be healthy the whole season? No. Nope. So he'll get his chance. He will. And I think that's because they've got no one else left there pretty much to hold down that middle. Now Eubanks mm -hmm. really becomes someone who's a must watch player. So he's one of these guys. And again, if you need rebounds late, get Val, Val two or three years ago, Val was a top 40, top 50 player, but in this new Orleans Pelican outfit this year, He's not going to get that unless Zion goes down and he mm -hmm. has to roll out there as the center like and, and step up for some more. You can get him in well deep in your drafts, mate. Yeah, you can. 120s, 130s is going in drafts that I'm seeing. But we saw him go undrafted in the league the other day, but it was only a short draft, wasn't it? Like a 10, it was a 10, it was a 10 person draft, 12 people. So top 120 yep. players were active in the league. So people were just leaving him on the waiver wire with the potential of picking him up down the track because, mm. you know, they wanted, it only had, it was also a one center league as well. Uh, one center spot with, I think two, was it two utility spots? So you got to really just watch your, your moves. And there's one other spot that has a center and forward. So that comes back to our pod, mate. Know your shit. Like know, know shit. what centers, you, know your shit, know what targets and what centers you want to get and when you want to get them. Couldn't explain it any better than what you've just done. Well, I think you explain everything very well indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can mm -hmm. explain to us who was our good friends, the Standard yeah. Squeeze. Yeah. Rip a bunch of blokes, Ash Sutton and the boys there at the Standard Squeeze. You put Inside 15 into the website or into checkout and you get 15% off. Thanks to the guys here at Inside Fantasy Sports and thanks to our sponsors, the Standard Squeeze. Also, Ryan at Astute Newstead with access to over 50 lenders. Ryan, no obligation, free assistance. Any time of day or night, very easy to deal with. I've had personal dealings with him and has helped me out incredibly well. So for any sort of uh, financial advice, car and home, reach out to Ryan Hammond at Astute Newstead. Yeah, you can check out Ryan on 0431-766-784. That's 0431-766-784. Or email Ryan at ryanh at eganwealth.com and use code INSIGHT to let him know we've sent you. We hope we're putting you on your right track for your drafts. They're coming this week thick and fast. Get ready for the NBA season ahead. Mickey Dell, thanks so much, brother. Thanks, mate. Peace.